0: listening to real talk with rachel and i am your host rachel gilbert this show is a safe place you can come to hear relevant engaging and authentic topics to help you get real live free and pursue your god-given dreams today's episode is a special edition release because it happens to be the day of my parents 50th wedding anniversary yes that is a big five zero and my siblings and i thought this was kind of a big deal, because it is, (laughs) so we gathered to honor them by having a conversation about five things we've learned in our parents' 50 years of marriage. We also had some fun chats about family vacation for a family of seven and other fun memories in our household. But before I dive into that conversation, I wanted to share a little about our parents. For over 30 years, Bill and Linda Goldner have been fulfilling their mission to provide evenings of family fun and Christian entertainment on the shores of Grand Lake, which is where I grew up. In 1985, just one year after I was born, they built the 1000 Sea amphitheater where they presented original biblical dramas and Christian concerts. The Man Who Ran, The Story of Jonah, Jesus, and the Great Fish is written by Bill has been the recipient of numerous awards, including the Redbud Merit Award for Outstanding Attraction. The next two shows, The Elijah Factor, about the prophet Elijah and his encounters with the wicked Queen Jezebel and her husband King Ahab, and Damascus Road, How Saul Became Paul, were both written by Linda. With a heart for youth, they've added Christian concerts to the entertainment, and they also founded the New Lifehouse Girls' Home, which is now a Teen Challenge Center, and the Oasis Animal Therapy Program. And if you follow me on Instagram, you've probably seen me post some pictures of these cool animals. All of these amazing ministries are nonprofits, so be sure to check out the show notes for ways you can donate and support these ministries. Now, for the fun part of the show, let me introduce you to the conversation I had with my siblings. Well, hey, everybody, welcome back to the show. I have a really fun surprise for you today. I am actually sitting here with all of my siblings I am the youngest of five which we'll get to hear a little bit more about each of us here in a minute but um we are doing a special episode because our parents uh, the day of this recording that it's airing are celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary which we felt was like was kind of a big deal so we're hopping on here today to Give you a little behind the scenes glimpse into the five of us growing up in a household with parents who were committed to each other, committed to the Lord. And we're each going to share a little bit about some of the things that we learned from their marriage. But before we do that, we thought it would be kind of fun to just have a little bit of chat about what it looked like for a family of seven going on road trips across the country. So I'm going to go ahead and let some of them start chiming in on some of the things that you would have seen.
1: In our vehicle, in these road trips, number one would be Cheese Whiz. Always oh. Cheese Whiz, of course.
2: Obviously, the Cheese Whiz, but it didn't make it out of the driveway usually, <laughs> or <laughs> if we're being honest.
3: Where's <laughs> Sarah putting her feet on everybody?
2: <laughs> I had to get my Becky space. Madeline. There was no space for me, so I had to claim my my territory
1: okay speaking of space i think we need to go over the situation in the car with seven people and like where we were. it's like a puzzle putting everybody in there and of course we never flew anywhere right we we drove
3: everywhere
4: Yep.
2: we were actually just talking about this this weekend we went on a road trip and i was telling patrick how back in the day we took you know in our van we don't have we have that second row well back in the day we took that second row out And had the mattress there, which that was not our first riding arrangement. It goes back further than that, I know, to, what was that? What was the first, what was the car that had the ledge on the back? Tornado?
3: Probably, or something.
4: We had a Chrysler, yeah, there was a Lincoln Town car.
3: And there was a Tornado, bub.
4: Yeah, that was a two-door car, though. That would would have been you, Becky, and me.
3: Yeah, right.
4: And then they got the Lincoln Town car, and that had way too much room in it, so we went from that to a Chrysler New Yorker once we had all five kids right.
2: yeah. and, and you know I remember sometimes even riding in the front seat do you remember when the front seat cars had the lap belt in the middle you could lift up the middle console yes. and there was a lap oh, belt yeah. in the middle
4: that, isn't that you just stood there didn't you
2: <laughs> yes <laughs> I mean, he, and we had that, needs the lap belt we'd listen <laughs> to
3: the 8 remember the 8 track with the Imperials or the Gators <laughs> <laughs> we were lucky Oh my goodness! <laughs> Why don't you young ones tell everyone the pecking order since you tell me all the time?
0: <laughs> well, well, let's uh, take a step back and talk about how you guys had convinced me. This is Rachel speaking, by the way. I know a lot of us sound alike. That the we do? back. <laughs> the back, yeah. <laughs> no, no, Caleb, you and I just look alike. That's what I always was told growing up. They're like you, look just like your brother. I'm like, thanks, I guess. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry.
3: Good boy. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: exactly. You're beautiful. Um, but but you guys had convinced me that that back ledge that you would even lay out a nice pallet for me to lay there that that was the prime time spot in the car. How did you do that? Tell me your ways.
1: That would be up to Jenny.
2: She was. I, I was gonna. Definitely, Jenny. I mean, she was the one. She always had a deal for somebody. Okay. But you know, it was a good spot till Dad had to stop quickly. He came right. crashing down. <laughs>
1: right. And well, and then, so we had the two floorboards, one on either side and one kid on each of those. And then Jenny, the queen stretched about across the (laughs) entire back seat by herself. (laughs) And the, the rest of us would take turns getting up on that back ledge and which was always great. Like you said, Sarah, until dad would stop really quickly and the person on top, we come flying down onto Jenny. <laughs> and so the people on the ground, it was their job to push you back up. Like, go, 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 go. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> I don't remember
3: this. Oh.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. oh Wouldn't expect goodness. you to. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: my goodness. Yeah, okay. it was always an adventure for sure whenever we were on a road trip or going to church. And sometimes it wasn't as crowded going to church because they might leave one of us, like me, at home. On (laughs) an accident. Hashtag no hard feelings. (laughs) No hard feelings. Love you, Mom and Dad. On our way to church, and
1: Mom was passing each of us up in the front seat, like, get up here, girls, and let me braid your hair. And so we'd hop up there across the seat, and one after another after another, and then she says,
2: Sarah, your turn. And we're like, Sarah's not here. So we got to go, (laughs) turn around, (laughs) and (laughs) go home and get to Oh, man, simpler times. You got to love it. Yeah. Definitely a different time than now.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> no seatbelt. Well, um,
0: we could banter for, for quite a while about you can tell, we have stories upon stories upon stories of all the fun times that we had in the Goldner household growing up. But something that we wanted to do on this call is we wanted to take the time to just one at a time, uh, what we're each going to do is share something. That we have learned. I mentioned this earlier and obviously all of us I feel like could probably spend the next half hour talking about the things we've learned and the memories we have from growing up in, in the household and, and everything. So it was hard for each of us to kind of narrow down okay what am I going to talk about but here's the cool thing. Actually none of us know what the other ones are going to say. We did not talk about what we're going to say so we're going to kind of see if there's any fun themes that that take place, and um, mom and dad, as you listen to this, we we just pray that you're blessed over um, hearing how the fruit of what you've sown into each of us kids is, you know, here we are years later, all still just totally being blessed by what you guys have taught us over the years. So what we're going to do is I'm going to start with my oldest sister, Jenny, and she's going to hop on and, you know, in fact, Jen, if you want, you can just share real quick, you know, your name, a little about yourself, nothing too in detail, but just so they kind of get to know all the siblings and then um, share what the thing is that you would say that you've learned from mom and dad. Uh,
3: My name is Jenny. I am the oldest of the five, the Goldner Five, and I live in Jay, Oklahoma, and I'm a teacher. I've been a teacher for 23 years. And I would like to say that I am looking at this from the vantage point of someone who's been with mom and dad for 48 and a half years of their 50 years. So, you know, when I, when Rachel asked me to think about this, uh, two words came to mind to sum up those 48 and a half years out of the 50 years. And those words are unconditional love. Mm. And so for me, first of all, I watched this I, four areas here. They received unconditional love from God. And by doing so, shared that ha- they continue to share that with each other, with us kids and with others. So first of all, from God, I feel like it the main reason that their marriage has been so successful from what I've seen in like nearly five decades is that they always put God first. And I know if Rachel would let us all talk at once, this would be a heyday. But one time, this is just an example, you know, if it was raining, snowing, sleeting, hailing, whatever, we went to church. And there was one time in particular, it was really freezing outside. It was frozen. The whole thing up to the barn was frozen. And when that would happen, dad would either take the car to the top of the hill the night before, or he would back it up because we had rear wheel drive and, um, we'd get to the top. Well then we'd gone to church in the blizzard and everything. And we had to get groceries and we had to slide down our bottoms down to the bottom of the hill to get home. And we were laughing and stuff because groceries were going everywhere. And, um, it was just always fun but it was like a dedication to god you know to help others and to help the church and we always put god first and they always made sure that we did they taught us that way and because of that they had a love and an unconditional love for each other you know one thing i remember growing up in their in that household is that they were a very strong unit so that if i you know went to dad and said may i go to this event he'd say did you ask your mother and I'd say, yes. And he'd say, what did she say? No. And he said, you have two chances, slim or none. So, <laughs> and then vice versa. Mom always backed him up. And you didn't ever have to guess where the other ones stood. Whatever one said, the other stood by. And no matter what they were going through, they've always had that unconditional love for each other. They had unconditional love for us kids and still do, obviously. I would like to share one story in particular. I remember I I was a teenager and it was snowing outside and it was way past curfew and I had not come home. And back then there were no cell phones or any way to communicate. And so I remember I was at a friend's house, woke up and I realized, oh my gosh, it's past curfew. I'm going to be in big trouble. So I came home way past curfew. It was very bad storm out and stuff. And when I got home, mom was in the living room. So this would have been 30 years ago. And she said, um, your dad is out looking for you. And she said, he's you know, going down the road and making sure you're okay. She said, I want you to stay up and wait till he gets home. Because there's no way to contact him. So anyway, I stayed up. And when he came in the door, and she told me she loved me. Then when he came in the door, he had a blanket under his arm. And he looked at me and he said, two senses," he said, I'm glad you're okay. I love you, Nanny. And then he gave me a hug and gave me a kiss and went to bed. They both said that. And that's just the unconditional love. That sums up, no matter the mess ups I've had in my life, they are always there for me. And the last thing is for others, you know, all growing up, we've always had people living in our house. We've all, you know, they started the girls home and they just have shared that unconditional love with others. So those two words for me ring out, and that is unconditional love. They got it from God. They give it to each other, to us kids and to others, including you know, all our extended family and all our friends.
0: Oh, I love that. I can already tell, I mean, you already hit on a lot of what I was going to share as well. So that's just a living proof of how um, I think that anybody listening to this who knows mom and dad will 100% agree with all that you just said. So, okay, so I'm going to bring Becky on now and I will let Becky introduce herself actually. Becky has been on my podcast before, you might remember her from that episode, but Becky, go ahead and introduce yourself, please.
1: Yes, my name is Becky. I am number two in the birth order, which didn't get me many rights um, to anything other than just being Jenny's wingman, So, but that was good. I I trailed her around everywhere. Um, I am in banking. I've been a, a lender for about 20 years, and I have two children, so... The thing that I thought about mom and dad whenever you asked us to kind of think through this is their positivity about outcomes that they can't control and even that in the face of adversity. And, uh, you know, as you know, dad being a preacher, of course, he was always eloquent and is always eloquent with words and always has these taglines that just sound so good. But um, one of the main ones that I always remember is a setback is a setup for a comeback. And of course, I always love that. It sounded good. And I, I would hear him preaching that. And I saw them going through things over and over, either with their health or with their business or with their finances or with the family. Just the things that everybody in life go through. They just keep going through things. But then what to other people, you know, if someone asks how everything's going, they say, you know, it's going great. Everything's, you know, on the right track and everything. And it's not like they were trying to hide or cover up. It's just that they believe even if something was happening to them. Dad would say, you know, this has come to pass, you know, like to pass through it. You're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. You're not sitting in it. You're not sitting down wallowing in it. You're just believing for the best and that God has the best thing out there for you and that you keep going. So it just kept showing up time and time again, even in the amphitheater. Mom would be so positive that we would be preparing. And sometimes it would look like, oh, you know, no one's even going to show up this weekend. And she would just set that date and say, you know, basically say, we're showing this no matter what. And even, and dad would say that too. They would just say, you know, even if two people come tonight, and there'd be nights with a thousand and there would be nights with almost two, it felt like sometimes, but they would say, whoever God has sent for this, this is their night and we're going to perform to our best. Like it's a crowd of a thousand no matter how many people in the audience, that they always were persevering and overcoming and just pressing through things even when it was hard. And I always like knew they were doing that, but I don't think I really realized it until as an adult, going through things that were hard and then having to show up in my own life and go to work or show up in my relationships where things weren't going well. But I just had to keep, you know, holding on to the faith that they instilled in us. And that is it might not feel great right now, but as long as you keep holding on to the hand that's holding you, you know, that you and you keep walking through it, that you won't get stuck in the situation and that you can determine the outcome of your situation just by the, the words that you say and the thoughts that you think and by depending on God. And so seeing them walk that out time and time again, uh, now as an adult, and I do some speaking sometimes and writing a little bit. And what's so interesting is I always say what I'm writing about or what I'm speaking about is something I'm going through. And so what I noticed is thinking back on some of my favorite sermons of dad's or thinking back on anything that they've taught us, I think, oh my word, I didn't realize as a child or as a teenager, or even as a young adult, they were actually going through something right then. That's why they were pep talking us and saying, A setback is a setup for a comeback. And who knows what all they were coming back from? Because I was just kind of seeing, you know, the outside of it. But I didn't really see the struggle that was going on inside their heart or in their own minds or their own relationship. Because, again, not because they were hiding it, but because they chose to believe the best about every person, about every situation, about every outcome, no matter how dark it looked at the time. They always chose to believe, they always chose to believe that God would work everything out for the good of of our family and that we were called and we were blessed and we were chosen just, and they believed that about everyone, but they instilled that in us so much that now whenever I'm, I just hear them saying those things and I thought those were neat sayings, but they were really literally walking through something probably. That's the reason they were saying that to us and that's the reason they could say it with faith that God is always faithful. He's always faithful. He'll always be there for us. They could say that by faith because they had been through hard things and God was always there for them. There'd be no way they could claim that to us with such sincerity and authenticity. And like what you see is what you get with them. They're the kind of pastors that they're the exact same way at home as they are in the church. And to see that lived out is really amazing because I'm not saying they're perfect. They know they're not perfect. We know they're not perfect, but... We're all just being perfected in Christ's love. And to actually see that walk out, we're just so lucky to have that role model. And then even understanding it more and more as I get older is has even been more special to me.
3: Yeah,
0: I know now that I'm a parent, I appreciate so much more all the things they did for us. And like you said, the times that they would pick us up and I look back and think about the things they were walking through and um, the way they handled that taught us a lot about how to handle that. And I'm going to repeat the statement that you said from dad, that a setback is a setup for a comeback. That is one I think all of us kids kind of have ingrained in our brain, you know, whenever those setbacks come because they do. And, um, but that you know, he just always taught us that. So I love that. Thank you for sharing. Um, okay, so next up is the one and the only Caleb, who is my only brother, who's smack dab in the middle of a bunch of girls. So we really want to hear from you, Caleb. Obviously, introduce yourself, but then along with sharing what mom and dad, what you've learned, we'd also love to, to hear what, what was it like growing up with a bunch of girls?
4: <laughs> Do you really want to know?
3: No comment. <laughs>
4: <laughs> okay, yeah, so I'm Caleb. Uh, right in the middle, two girls older, two uh, two younger, and I will say it was for me it was somewhat growing up with two two uh, families. Our, we're spread out far enough that I'm, I was a baby with Jenny and Becky, and then the oldest was Sarah and Rachel. <clears throat> so definitely have different relationships growing up just because of that, which is not not a not a good or bad thing, just different, just kind of different times of everyone's life. But so I'm married. To my beautiful wife, Tanya, we went together for 19, or married for 19 years. We have three kids. I live in Grove, Oklahoma. I actually uh, took over our dock construction company from, from dad, and which mom was involved with for several years. So there's a, a really good foundation laid there for to give me an opportunity. The biggest thing that stands out to me for, that I learned from mom and dad was never give up. And... You would kind of, I guess what I'd say for them, there's really never an option as, as far as being in business with dad uh, and seeing things that positions he was in where you think like, why this is, this is, you're at the point where this is ridiculous. This is crazy. A lot of people would say I'm done and walk away from it. All he'd do is, is dig deeper and keep pressing forward. And that's a, a quality that that's to me is getting harder and harder to find, you know, cause it's, well, it's, you know, Try to find a way out where it's not my fault uh, why things happened or uh, just let me free of it and move on. And they just, uh, neither of them, that's it's not in their their makeup. And I feel they've passed that to all five of us. And it's probably one of the most that and honor are kind of the top two qualities a person can have. And they both have or overflow with, with both those qualities.
0: Yeah. Actually, before we hopped on this call, I was talking to Ellie, uh, one of our daughters, about that we're doing this. And and um, she had mentioned that she sees mom and dad as being dedicated. And I think that, that um, it's interesting that even a grandkid sees that, you know, because that's what that is. It's making up your mind that when God tells you to do something and you're both on the same page about doing it, then you just decide, this is what we're doing. You know, like we're not, it's not situational. It's not circumstantial. It's just, this is what we're doing. So I love that and that's definitely very very strong quality in both of them that they've passed on to all of us kids for sure. All right Kayla before I let you go any other stories you want to tattle tell on us girls that that we did other than other than the daily rituals when you'd ask me if I even brushed my teeth. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Cabe, I know you miss those mornings of giving Rach and I a ride to school. Right,
4: <laughs> right. <Our little> S-10. <laughs> Slamming the, the gear shift right into right. your knees.
2: <laughs> Better than a punching bag, isn't it?
4: <laughs> there is one story, and I honestly I don't recall how old I was, but Dad can tell that he'd be able to fill the pieces in. I think we were at church, and so I, I would put me somewhere maybe eight to 10 years old. So uh, someone asked me what it's like having all sisters and having four of them. And some I come back with the comment of, oh, it's not bad because I have somebody to always to wait on me. I remember, and, I remember and, and, oh, yeah. and, so, and maybe I was, I don't know, maybe I was 18. I don't know. But, <laughs> but, but, but um, I think I about got lynched that day. So
2: never.
0: Have you ever repeated that statement to your wife? Is the real question. <laughs> I think I think you uh, probably got think, slapped hard I'm, enough I'm, that day of that you didn't yeah, <laughs> learn.
4: Older wisdom comes with age.
0: So. <laughs> yeah, oh, I love it. All right, Sarah is next up, number four in the family.
2: Hey, hey, this is Sarah. Sorry. I'm also known now. as my twin. Every
0: time we're together, people are like, Are you two twins? No. Nope.
2: Yes, She's four I, years older. Three and a half. Three and a half.
0: Yeah, it depends on the day of the year, but okay.
2: <laughs> True. but uh, <laughs> We're getting to that age now where I've got to count those yeah. half of the year. So, yes, I'm Sarah. I'm number four, and uh, I live in Oklahoma City and married to Patrick, and we have three kids. So I was actually telling Patrick about this whole podcast thing and kind of the theme. And of course, uh, my oldest son, Manny happens to over here and he says, Hey, I have an idea. I I know something that Mimi and Papa have have taught you. And I said, what's that? And he said, if you're on a road trip and you're really thirsty, you just swallow your spit because we're not stopping for a drink. (laughs) (laughs) And I, I don't know if, Mom and Dad ever said that, or I attributed it to them just so my kids would believe me because they worship them. It probably was Bob who told me that, not Mom and Dad. But do you know if you guys remember them ever saying that? I know you said
0: it to me. I didn't remember Mom and Dad saying <laughs> so, it. <laughs> so
2: maybe it was my own wisdom that I was just trying to pass off on my kids. But anyhow, or Manny, I should probably tell him that Mimi and Papa didn't actually uh, give those words of wisdom, but it worked on our last road trip. So anyway. It was hard to narrow it down to one thing that they've taught me kind of along the lines of what you guys have said. Whenever you start thinking about things and reflecting on your life, especially as an adult, there's so much to appreciate for their investment in us. And it just becomes abundantly clear. As I get older and raise my own children, I think about some of the nonsense that (laughs) they put up with from us and how they maintain their sanity living at the bottom of the hill with one car and a party what was that called a party line telephone you know what where the whole cove shared the phone or whatever anyway I just appreciate so much of what they've done but the one thing you know when I really just tried to like what would I say the biggest theme is and it's very similar to what Jenny shared and kind of each of you have, we've all kind of touched on this in certain ways, but ultimately I landed on this, love Jesus and love others. It might sound simple and it might even sound cliche because that is something that, that we hear a lot, but it's truly what life boils down to. And I've seen them, I'm sure at some point in life, they've told me that, but they haven't taught me that lesson. They've shown me that lesson by the ways that they live their lives and their priorities. And I've seen them live that out through the good times and the hard times in their lives. Their identity has always been rooted in how they can live more like Christ. And they've shown me this by seeing them rooted in the word. It's very common to, you know, if you're at their house or of course growing up, come out and see dad reading his old green butt which And I guess it's not green now that he got it recovered, but reading his Bible and mom's Bible open with her cup of coffee on the coffee table or that she probably started and didn't get to finish because uh, duty calls and all the other things she's doing, which speaks to me deeply because in the season of motherhood, whenever you feel like you're being pulled all the different directions that she still made a priority for that. And, and, you know, I know it probably looked different in different seasons, depending on what they were doing and what they were going, going through, but there, or you'd hear them in the other room, you know, dad just randomly starts singing a hymn or say a scripture out of the blue, you know, for no reason other than he truly would want to make a joyful noise to the Lord or, you know, mom singing a song. And it reminds me of staying in an attitude of prayer, you know, their attitude of prayer might not have been, on their knees at that moment, but going about their day in ways that they were choosing to worship the Lord and exalt Him. And that really has stuck with me uh, through my adult life. And, and they've also, you know, shown their love for each other in incredible ways through the years. And I think equally as important as showing their love for each other. They've shown me that having arguments and fights in a marriage is normal. And it doesn't mean they don't love each other, but it means that they're human and that they love each other enough to work through it. So I remember just many ways that, that they would little things that little tokens that they would do for each other to always, I can remember so many mornings coming into the kitchen and dad has left a little post-it note for mom with a note on it. And our mom would pick up dad. Anytime we'd go to Sam's mom would pick up dad's favorite cashews or peanuts or whatever. And so just the little, things that even though they've been married 30 years, 40 years, now almost 50 years, they still do those things. It reminds me not to get complacent in my own marriage. It's nice to have those those little reminders that you have thought of of one another. Along with, you know, loving others, I think a big part of what makes them who they are is not just loving each other and of course loving us and you guys have touched on that in other ways, so I'll just kind of wrap it up by saying, you know, talking about, I can't even begin to enumerate the ways that they have shown me how to love others. My earliest memories, I think Jenny mentioned this too, include opening our home to others, constantly finding ways to support or minister to those in need and just looking for opportunities to be the hands and feet of Jesus in the good times and the bad times. And, like Becky said a lot of times we didn't know that those were the bad times because they stayed positive and pushed through and and just were determined to to stay focused on loving each other and serving the Lord together and that of course has contributed to the fact that they're celebrating 50 years of marriage.
0: Yeah, and you know, I think it's such a testimony to the fact that they have five children And all five of us are on this call talking about them and honoring them. And um, it's just, yeah, one more. I love, Sarah, what you said about that. Not only did they love Jesus and they loved others, but I really love how you said that they didn't just tell it to us. They showed it to us, which is a really big difference. Um, And it's, you know, tangible in action, seeing that happen. And and, uh, that definitely sticks with me, too, as well. All right. Well, we're down to number five, which happens to be me, Rachel. Um, I'm not going to reintroduce myself because you all know that know me. But here's what's funny: I kind of like that we did the birth order thing because I am the one who hosts a podcast. And growing up, I was not the one who was always talking. Usually, I had one of these older siblings talking for me, and so I had to kind of, as an adult, find my voice. And then I found it, and now. Can't get it to turn off, so <laughs> maybe I need to get around you guys again so I can shut up for a minute. But um, anyway, it's been fun hearing from all of you. I love how each one of us um, brought something different to the table, and I'm going to share what I mine here in a second. But I love how we each brought something different to the table. But at the core of it is the firm foundation in God, and because um, all of the things we said, it's all rooted in God. And I honestly, I don't know how people go through life. And through, you know, marriage or hard times or whatever it is without that firm foundation in God, I just, um, I think it'd be much tougher for sure. And so thank you, mom and dad for planting that in us in a way that is tangible and that is attractive, like that we all have not gone away from the faith and that we all see how valuable that's been. And um, that's just something I, I treasure greatly. And it's something I am trying to pass on to my kids as well. So the one thing, um, it was hard to figure out one thing to share that I've learned from mom and dad, but I feel like in relation to marriage, I'm going to kind of focus on marriage just for a minute. One thing that really sticks out to me that I have learned and I've carried into my marriage and really not just my marriage and raising my kids and interacting with any human being is I felt like mom and dad always, again, showed us, they may not have always said this out loud, but they showed us the teamwork really is what makes the dream work. And I, I, the verse that comes to me is Ephesians 6, 12, I believe it is. And it just talks about how for we do not wrestle against um, flesh and blood, but against powers and authorities of the, of the heavenly realms. And so to me, I feel like mom and dad, even though, like we said before, they, of course they weren't perfect and they aren't perfect. No, no person's Perfect. But they always, I felt like they always came back to remembering that they're not wrestling against each other. You know, they might for a second wrestle against each other, just like we all do. Our knee jerk flesh reaction is to wrestle against the person that we're looking eyeball to eyeball with. But then that faith that we're grounded in always reminds us, wait, hold on. That person that you're looking across the table at is not your enemy Satan's the enemy, and I feel like they were so good about that, and I feel like um, that's what's kept them together and strong for these fifty years, as well as enabled them to do the things they've done, and in, in ministry, and in business, and in raising a family of five crazy kids, and and things. Is that uh, which one of you? I think it was Jenny, you said you brought the story earlier about how, you know, did you ask your mother <laughs> what she say, you know, and and that's how they were with everything is that they just constantly kept coming back to, they were a team. And I, I feel like um, that's what really gave them the strength for the enemy not to be able to divide them. And so that's something that I even still to this day have carried on into my marriage with my husband and I are having a tough time or we're fighting or whatever, I, you know, will be somewhat into it, and I remember, oh yeah, I'm not wrestling against you, <laughs> like I'm wrestling against something else. It's not you; it's something else. And so, so that's been really powerful and something very tangible for me. And so, I, I feel like I would love to just kind of wrap up our conversation right now with, um, you know, finish off with. There's anything else you want to share about mom and dad? If there's any other funny story you want to share, anything at all, just to um, to honor mom and dad, and then also maybe give some people some, some glimpse into what our lifestyle was growing up.
1: So one of the things that just came to my mind while you were talking, Rachel, because I'm so proud of you because we all, you know, we all feel like we raised you our little baby (laughs) sister. And, but it brought to mind how they always had nicknames for us for every, you know, every single one of us. And I had to share with your listeners that, so one of dad's main nicknames for you is Mighty Pee Wee. And the story behind that is one, you're, you're tiny. You're obviously, you're little, you're also the youngest. And, you know, at, like you said, when you were younger, you were you know, not as outspoken because we were all doing the talking for you and carrying you around and doing everything for you. But the woman of God you've become And so like listening to each of you talk, I was just so proud thinking of Rachel, the woman you've become because of the influence that mom had on your life and that she was always a godly woman who spoke out and who trained and mentored people and had a heart for people. And then look at you doing that. And then Jenny, you're such an excellent orator. And then I, right right while you're talking, I'm like, of course I have to follow Jenny. Always follow Jenny. She's like amazing. And, Excellent writer, excellent orator. And then Sarah, who has this soft heart and, you know, just funny like dad and everything and cracking up while she's doing her talk. And then also just like has huge empathy for, for everyone, just like mom and dad do. And then Caleb, who, of course, I had to tear up while Caleb's talking because I just love hearing our bubs talking and sharing because I'm thinking look at the man he's become and the household that he runs with a beautiful wife that they've been married forever they have three beautiful children and they just have such a neat family and that's because dad set a good example for Caleb on how you treat your wife and how you put her on a pedestal and how she's the most important thing to you and it just makes me so proud to hear like see what you guys are doing and that that's the result the direct blessing that God gave them because they were faithful even in the hard times. And so I'm just proud of you guys. It's cool.
4: Well, mine's a little more lighthearted, but I knew it would um, be. <laughs>
1: but <laughs> but be
4: that's happy. very I mean that's that's very touching.
1: <laughs> so,
4: I've got to say okay, so I tell my guys at work every now and then you know not frequent, but every now and then I'll tell them stories from when i was a kid so obviously you guys are there with this or me and you guys know this but other people might not but how adventurous mom and dad were and still are really yeah and as far as being just they they were forever the optimist. Yeah. You know, so when you think about some of the trips we went on I, now all, all the extreme stuff that they do they call extreme today that's what we did all the time <laughs> I mean, <laughs> It's like let's go on the Illinois River at flood stage and do a 12 mile trip in an hour and forty five minutes. <laughs> you know, and I mean we didn't know it it was just like, oh, awesome, it's fun, yeah. you know and I look back at that stuff and and it's so some of the stuff you know when you tell like like I say, I tell my guys at work, some stories you know every now and then, and, and they are if when I hear myself tell them, I think like if I wasn't there, I don't know if I'd believe you because they're so, you know, it's like, it literally, it's like, that's incredible. I mean, and another, just the stuff that, that we do that work. And they do, it's memories that you have forever that a lot of people didn't just didn't grow up that way, you know, and, and didn't take a lot of money to go do that stuff. We did that. We would go do, you know, and just go out in the woods and, and spend from, you know, after breakfast till dark, just having fun, you know, and, and, uh, it's just, I don't know, it's just really fond memories of, of growing up. I mean, just great parents.
0: Yeah. I don't know yeah. if anybody else had parents that would tell you, you know, when it was um, winter and the, the big hill, we lived on a big hill right over a lake, would ice up. I have memories of dad. I don't know if any of you remember this. He would tell us to roll down our windows in case the car slides into the lake, you can easily swim out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think yeah. telling my kids that. And I'm like, oh, my
1: goodness. <laughs> good advice though. Exactly.
3: I mean, it's legit. Yeah. Uh, One more, one little thing I wanted to say is um, I wanted to thank mom and dad for our family meetings. I mean, it really became almost a joke to me because every time there was a family meeting called, it was like, we're we're having another baby. We're having another. (laughs) And so that was funny, but really they always called family meetings just to talk about life in general. And I would like to say, thank you. I've passed that on Um, I do it with my son, who I love with all my heart, and I also do it with my students, who I love with all my heart, and sadly, most of my students don't have that structure for family, and so um, I want to thank mom and dad for giving that to me, because now I get to try to be the family unit to help that child even succeed. You know, many of my children don't have parents, or they're in prison, or they've passed away due to meth and different things, and so Because of mom and dad's sacrifice and just having that simple family meeting there in the living room, wherever we may be living, or it could be in the car or wherever. Well, then now I still do that with my students. For those that don't have anyone that love them, well, then I get to be that person. So I appreciate mom and dad passing that on to me. They leave a legacy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And Jen, thanks for bringing that up. Cause you also reminded me, I have a feeling if mom and dad were here in on this conversation, I've heard them say this multiple times that they felt like the other thing that really kept our family, a strong unit was eating dinner together at night. Um, that was a really big deal to them. And that was a non-negotiable for us growing up. It was yeah. like, you had dinner all together at the table. There was no TVs on, there was no, that was our time to come back and connect. And so that's another very, very fond memories. In fact, when all of us, even adult kids with all of our our kids, and you know, mass chaos get together, we still sit down and do that, and it's a really special time.
2: Definitely, yeah. And something else, Bob. Whenever you were talking about some of the crazy things we did, and it being, I I can't remember exactly what you said, but something like you know that it wasn't like big stuff that was expensive or anything along those lines. But I can't remember what it was. But recently, I was telling mom a story, a memory of something, the irony of me not being able to remember the memory, but I'm sure it will come to me too this morning. Needless to say.
4: We'll just get back on here then. Yeah.
2: Could you guys just hang out for a bit? Um, (laughs) Needless to say, I was telling mom something that I just have such fond memories of and makes me laugh or, or whatever. And she said, you know, we did it that way because we didn't have the money to do whatever it was. And I never knew, like, to me, they did not pass that feeling on to us. It was like, well, this is the best thing ever. I never knew that it was, you know, a financial reason why it might have
3: been done that way. And Well, she made all our clothes, made all our clothes, which is now the Trinity thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. She did a lot for us that
2: Mm -hmm. it's phenomenal to think back to our Easter dresses and picking out fabric and, all that kind of stuff. But it just is such an encouragement to me on the days whenever I think like, I'm messing up my kids. (laughs) You know, I think back to my favorite memories from growing up and how blessed I feel from just the simple things that we did, that mom and dad made our family, just a strong family unit and always focused on keeping on and staying positive and enjoying, enjoying life and blessing others in the process.
0: Well, I feel like we could, this conversation could probably go on for hours longer, but we will stop it here unless you guys, you know, request us to come back for round two or something. We can totally do that. So, but thank you guys for um, listening in as we've chatted about our parents and their marriage and mom and dad. We just, we all love you dearly and um, have, just more words than can actually express um just how grateful we are for you and your leadership and um just everything that you've bestowed upon us kids
2: definitely happy anniversary yeah. mom and dad yeah. happy love anniversary you. happy anniversary
0: love you. Thank you. Thank you well if you couldn't tell we could have talked for hours about our family and amazing parents we may just need to do a follow-up interview for fun Mom and dad, you are deeply loved and appreciated, and we pray this episode bless you and those who are listening. As a special gift for their 50th wedding anniversary, we're sending them on a trip to Israel, which has been a dream of theirs for years. If you'd like to contribute to that trip, you can do so on the GoFundMe link in the show notes. I hope you all enjoyed this special anniversary edition of the show, and I'll see you back here next time on Real Talk with Rachel.